Hi, this is Mary Colbert, and I want to welcome you to Dr. Don Colbert's Divine Health Podcast. We are so excited. Now, Don, in the last podcast, you ended about don't bathe. Are no, you kidding? I said don't be too clean. Mary, what we in this country, especially since COVID, people are literally bathing twice a day. They're using uh, hand sanitizers every time they touch something. It's too clean. Now, let me just explain what I mean. They have found, research has found, that the higher the hygiene standards in a country, the higher the nation's incidence of allergies and autoimmune disease. In other words, the more you wash your hands and the more you use hand sanitizers, the greater the incidence of allergies and autoimmune disease. Now, I understand you're in a pandemic, and that's different, but we're pretty much out of this pandemic, so we need to start training our immune system. Now, listen to what they found. The more sterile a household is, the more its members will suffer from allergies and autoimmune disease. Now, again, it turns out that being too clean is not good for your body's good bacteria. And there's always a battle going on between the good bacteria in your gut and the bad bacteria in the gut. And the skin cleansers that we use may be helping the bad bacteria to gain more ground than the good. Now, I'm not against you washing your hands before you eat. That's important. That's good. And I'm not, if you go to the gas pump, yes, do use your uh, hand sanitizers, please, because that's where the germs are. But we find that children, especially children, need the exposure to dirt and microbes from healthy sources like from parks, football fields, and farms in order to train their immune system. Mm. They have found that inadequate exposure to, deal, to these germs usually means their immune systems are, will, are ill-equipped to deal with the many health issues that we encounter. And so I, what, when my grandkids come over, we usually will let them go just uh, take a bath or shower every other night. I say, let's let them stay a little dirty, which trains their immune system, uh -huh. and it keeps them healthy. Now, yes, we have them wash their hands before their meal. But again, remember, our microbiome is what's on our, uh, on our bodies. And when we're washing that off, we are washing away part of our immune system. That's amazing. So that's it. it's important to stay clean. Yes, you can wash under your arms so you don't stink. Yes, you can. But again... There's certain kinds of soaps that are not so good for us. They contain endocrine disruptors. They contain uh, all kinds of plasticizers that may be actually making us sick also and affecting our hormones. So that's why it's so important to use natural soaps like pure Castile soap made from olive oil and just wash uh, certain areas you're growing, again, your armpits. And don't be washing every square inch of your body. Let some of these good bacteria grow. That's all I'm saying. Right, and it's good to at least maybe once or twice a week to use things to get the dead skin cells off sure, your body absolutely. as a scrub sure. to remove the dead right. skin cells because that is a healthy part of keeping your skin. But I see what you're saying. Uh, there's a lot of women who have a tendency to overkill on the cleaning <laughs> issues right. and they become... OCD on the cleaning, and they're actually doing more harm than they are good. Yeah, but so. this is especially important in our kids because so many parents say, no, you've got to have your bath and your shower before you go to bed. You have to. I'm just saying skipping a night or every other night uh, is fine. Yeah. You know, I think about the days of Jesus and they're walking, and 
it's pretty interesting that the washing of the feet is all that seemed to be emphasized. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, I think that's pretty interesting. So there must be something in line t- that has something to do with that. Exactly. As well. And so. you, you know, I'm sure Jesus had body odor. I'm sure. sure he had matted hair. He didn't get a shower every night. He didn't. Right, right. But again, he had a strong, super strong immune system. Right, exactly. So, uh, you know, I believe and I have my faith out that my body is a germ graveyard. It touches me and it dies. So, you know, you put, put your put your faith out there and exercise your faith. Now, down the gut zone, you have a gut zone package that people can go to our website, drcolbert.com, and get a hold of this package. And one thing you talked about in the last podcast, we didn't get to really go into it very much, was about the IBS and the constipation. Right. I want to talk about just a few of the most common gut diseases. And because what I find is when you have leaky gut, you've just opened the door for every gut disease and eventually most every systemic disease, including obesity. So I want to just kind of show you how simple some of these diseases are, and we can treat them without meds. It's what's so exciting. And so one of the, the most common gut disease we see, do you know what it is, Mary? No, I don't. It's acid reflux. Oh. We have an epidemic of acid reflux in this country. And it's real simple. Why? It's real simple. And most every doctors miss it. Is that the belching? Belch, belch? No, acid reflux is that heartburn, that Ah. indigestion, that they have, uh, you know, the big thing they say is, I got heartburn. That's the biggest thing. And my doctor, my doctor has me on a proton pump inhibitor or an acid blocker. They come in with these strong proton pump inhibitor meds. And they literally turned off about 80% of their stomach acid. And we're going to tell you about what that causes. But also they'll have some nausea. They'll have acid burps. They'll have uh, throat pain, sore throat, or trouble swallowing after meals. Or sometimes that acid comes all the way up and they get hoarse. They get that scratchy voice and that's from the acid coming up and burning them. And especially when they lie down, that acid runs up, it burns their esophagus, it burns their vocal cords, it creates hoarseness. It even comes up in their throat and burns their throat, and they wake up with a sore throat. And so you say, why is this happening? Well, it's simple. It's because we have an obesity problem. Over 40% of Americans are obese. Now, let me tell you something really uh, not I learned overweight, this. but obese. Obese, obese, not overweight. Over 40% now are obese, according to the CDC. Now, what's interesting is that when I delivered babies in my residency back 30-something years ago, about 35 years ago, I found that every woman, once they were six months pregnant, probably 90% had acid reflux. And all we'll ha- we had them do is elevate the head of your bed 30 degrees, we'd tell them. That was kind of like a standard standing order. And so we'd say, go down and get you some bed blocks, about three-inch bed blocks, and put it under the head of your bed. It'd elevate the bed about 30 degrees, and boom, most women's reflux would be controlled. Now, why did that happen? Because when that uterus got to be uh, just at the, uh, at the level of the belly button or the umbilicus, it pushed the stomach up through the diaphragm and created acid reflux, and many it created a hiatal hernia. Now, and it usually got worse as the, as the uterus enlarged, the reflux got worse. 
And that's when people had to put their bed up. Yeah, put their bed up. Someone yeah. have to take some antacids. We didn't use those proton pump inhibitors or anything back like the meds back then. Uh, we but just, acid reflux, Don, can actually be dangerous. Oh, absolutely. It can actually it can. cause bleeding yeah. in the esophagus. It can cause scarring of the esophagus. Cancer. And it can cause cancer of the esophagus, a Barrett's esophagus. And so it, it can damage the vocal cord. So, yes, it can be. But I'm just saying the, one of the most common reasons or causes of acid reflux is obesity. And when you see men with that big tummy like Alfred Hitchcock, well, you remember when Alfred Hitchcock would come out, his, the show Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and it would show his belly behind a screen, and you'd see that big belly sticking out. You'd see his belly before you'd see him. That's most people, I, most men, that's a beer belly, isn't it? Well, it's no, 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 it's, no, no, it's no? not a beer belly. It's a wheat belly. It's a sugar belly. But it, there are beer bellies. It's kind of like, you know, thumping on a watermelon. You can tell a watermelon's ripe when you thump on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's bellies. There are different kind of bellies. A beer belly is a hard belly. It's hard. Now, a soft, gooey, fat belly, that's a wheat belly or a sugar belly. Okay, a Charmin. So <laughs> okay. you go up to the men. Yeah, sure. We're going to go out. have a belly testing we're contest. Gonna see, we're going to see oh, what's okay. caused this belly fat. Is it a beer belly? Is it or is donuts? It a, right. Or is it a wheat Ice belly cream. or sugar belly? Remember, sugar bellies and wheat bellies feel and look almost just alike. They look like until you grab it. But a beer belly is a hard belly, like a hard watermelon. You thump it. You now, I have to warn you. <laughs> I have to warn you. When you make an appointment to see Dr. Colbert and you come oh, in, right. if you got this belly, he's going to grab it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to grab it. He's going to make a diagnosis and tell you which... which. And you say, <laughs> well, wait, I'm a Christian. I can't have a beer belly. Well, you got a yeast belly because that yeast will make you form almost like a beer belly, you guys with It'll a yeast hard. belly. It'll be hard. Ladies, you That's go right. thump on your husband's belly. And well, again, we're, we're joking a little, but again, it is there is some truth to that. But let's talk about how to fix this because it's so easy, folks. It is so easy to reverse acid reflux. But first, you need to understand what happens when you take these meds because when you go to 99.9% of docs, you are going to leave with a prescription for usually a proton pump inhibitor. These are super strong meds that turn off about 80% of your stomach acid. Now, again, when you have acid reflux, it's not usually an acid problem. It's a valve problem. You see, you have a little muscle at right at the end of your esophagus where it connects to the stomach. And that little muscle is called a lower esophageal sphincter or an LES. The LES is supposed to contract when we, well, first it's supposed to open when we swallow to let food into the stomach. And then when we cease from swallowing, it's supposed to close back up to keep the contents from coming back up. Now, when we have all this fat, all this belly fat, it pushes the stomach up through the diaphragm and we many times develop a hiatal hernia. And or certain foods will cause this little sphincter to open up. The four main foods that make it open up. Makes it lazy. No, they make it open. It dilates. Oh, okay. It dilates. It's, right. it's kind of like a ring and it dilates down and closes. Gotcha. And then when we take certain foods, it'll open up. And, and then the acid will just pour up. If you lie down, the acid's going to come up. The four main foods, and that's why I tell people with reflux, 
to not eat these foods at night. There are four key foods that do it. Caffeine is a huge one. If you're drinking coffee at night. Or you, tea. Too much well, tea? a little tea is okay, oh, but you may okay. have to get a decaf tea because it's the caffeine that opens the okay. sphincter. If you do it now, caffeine in the morning is fine as long as you don't, don't go lie down. Because if you lie down, even if you don't have reflux, it'll cause that little valve to open, see. Also, dark chocolate. Chocolate, but especially dark chocolate. The darker the chocolate late at night, the more reflux. It happens to everyone. Chocolate causes that valve to open. Mm. And so even though dark chocolate, no sugar is really good for you. If you eat too much at night or just a little bit, maybe okay. You want to do that around 6. Yeah, you want to do it earlier. Exactly. Now, the other one is mint. It can be peppermint gum, spearmint gum, mint tea, mint. All mints cause that. Now, if it's a peppermint patty, you're doubly dipped because you're getting the chocolate you're getting the peppermint, and that's going to cause that little sphincter to open. You know, too, what's amazing, Don, is people go out to dinner, and a lot of the restaurants have those little mints there as you're walking out. So you can get your reflux so afterwards. You <laughs> <laughs> Here's like, your little bit of reflux. They should put a little sign there. Here, <laughs> relax your sphincter <laughs> yeah, and get some right. acid reflux. Now, the other, the fourth thing that causes reflux in everybody, these four foods or beverages cause reflux in everybody. And it's alcohol. And so many people, Mm. even Christians, are drinking that little glass of wine because, after all, Paul told Timothy, you know, to not drink water but drink wine because it settles the stomach. And and a lot of people say, and it helps me sleep. But what it does, it opens that little lower soft gel sphincter and you get reflux. So that's why, again, it's not good for you if you're getting reflux. It's not good at all. But there are other foods that trigger reflux. Those just are the main foods. But other foods are simply uh, consuming too much at dinner. If you have a big dinner and you are stuffed to the gills, guess what? You're going to most likely get reflux. And so many people eat their largest meal at night and then they go to bed. You are almost guaranteeing Mm. you to have reflux. And then when they eat, they don't chew it. You try to tell patients, chew each bite 30 times. Now I've had to come down to 20 times because most people chew it one or two times and wash it down. Big swig of tea or cola or something. Well, let me ask you, is it safe to like, say, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whereas you're getting closer to go to bed to do our fiber do a big scoop of our fiber with water and absolutely drink it. Absolutely, it that is. That won't cause no, any... No, re- no, okay. no. That's you great because it fills you up and, and it, it doesn't it cause reflux. It takes away that hunger. Yes, absolutely. And you're not w- want to go snack and be tempted. So it actually sure. is a great deterrent to those who have to have that ice cream or that snack at night. Once you do that fiber of ours around 8 o'clock, your temptation is removed, isn't it? I mean, I notice it. For many people, it is. Yeah. Now, some people may need our collagen. Now, for you that are taking the collagen at night, you may need the vanilla because, remember, chocolate can open the sphincter up. Oh, yeah. And don't take it with the fiber because then it, the fiber binds the uh, collagen. No, well, that's okay. It's all right still Separates. because it will fill you up. It'll, it'll fill you up, and that's the key so that you're not eating all of these snacks. And I'm just going to show you. We're just going to go through the main reflux foods. And I want to make sure people know, don't take our fiber with your meds or supplements. Right. Do not do that together. You need to take that at least, what, an hour apart from your meds. Or 30 your, minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, at least. I would do an hour. Because our best. fiber is so amazing. It, it is. It really binds up. 
And so that's just a little tip. To okay, keep. but these foods many times, not for everyone, but will many times trigger reflux. If you have too much garlic, like last night I had some garlic, and Mary said, my, those the garlic chips are so big, they look like banana slices. They did. Because they were huge. But too much garlic can cause reflux, as well as too many onions. Citrus, lemons, limes, uh, grapefruit, oranges can cause reflux in so many people. Spicy foods, fatty foods, uh, tomatoes and peppers will trigger reflux. One of the biggest things is eating too quickly. And so many people, like I was saying, we need to chew every bite at least 20 times. The faster you eat and the less you chew, the more reflux you'll have. Don, isn't eating, like, for people, especially people, 7 o'clock, they really shouldn't be eating past 7 o'clock. If they go to bed at 9.30, 10 o'clock, that gives the body enough time for the stomach, uh, the foods to get out of the stomach into right. the GI tract. So really, 7 o'clock should be a cutoff time for a lot of people. For most. That would probably be the best. But see, if you eat a lot of fatty foods at night, even olive oil can trigger reflux. That's why, again, we don't want to eat too late or you'll get reflux, even though olive oil, avocado oil, nuts and seeds are so good. If you eat a whole lot of it, uh, it can trigger reflux. So it's best to eat earlier. And that's the reason. As well as a big one, Mary, is shapewear, Spanx. People and girdles, so many women are in Spanx now to get, give them that little hourglass figure. And they, that Spanx is creating tremendous reflux for them. Now, men, there's a, there's a medicine your doctor's put you on, and it's causing tremendous reflux, and he doesn't know it. And it's the Viagra. It's the Cialis. Ah. When you eat that, when you take that, you don't eat it. You take it. Then all of a sudden, it makes that sphincter dilate. <laughs> you know, some men eat it by, by the pound, okay? And when they do it, what it does, it opens up that sphincter, and all of a sudden, they are having acid reflux. As well as the, one of the biggest things is lying flat in bed. When you are lying flat, the gravity, especially if you've eaten any of these uh, reflux foods, it causes that to come, that acid to come right up, and it's inviting all this disease into your body. It's inviting potential uh, bleeding from the esophagus, Barrett's esophagus, strictures, because that acid can scar your esophagus, or it can come up and damage your vocal cords. It can damage your voice. It can go up in your sinuses. It can do all kinds of damage to you. But it's so simple to fix. The biggest thing I tell people is lose the weight. Now, what I do for so many people, because this is so common, I have a little instrument in my office. And when you, see, when you come to see me, this instrument is called a percussor. I check for reflux with every patient. And when I find reflux, I said, do you mind if I fix this real quick? And, of course, 99.9% .9 of the time, the patient says, sure, I'd love for you to. So I lie them flat on the table. I take my percussor, and there's what we call the hiatal hernia maneuver. And I just pull that little hiatal hernia right down. It pops it right down. Many people will feel like a pop. And then I usually have to adjust T7, thoracic vertebra 7, to hold it in place. And then many times their reflux is gone for months, if not sometimes years. And so that's a simple maneuver. Now, if you have a huge belly, many times I tell them, now again, it'll pop right back up if you go out and have a huge meal if you don't get rid of this belly fat. But that's a simple little maneuver that we do every day. We've been doing it for decades, and it helps not doesn't help everyone, but it helps the vast majority of the patients I see. And I just had a testimony of a woman who was in her early 50s, and she had been having reflux for over 30 years. And this was in my Dallas office, and she came to me, and I just did it because I do it to everyone. 
And uh, she was complaining of heartburn, indigestion, hoarseness. And I just did the procedure. It just took literally less than a minute. And then she wrote us a letter saying, I am amazed. I've been to doctors. I've been to so many specialists, GI doctors, ENT doctors. That little heidel hernia maneuver you did has transformed my life. She says, all the symptoms I was having are gone. I've had these for over 30 years, and they're gone. And it took me literally a minute. It's just something I do on patients anyway. I do it every day to patients. But she was so excited because that little heidel hernia maneuver transformed her life. And you know what? I just want to put a little prayer request, you guys, out there just to continue to pray for Don and Mary Colbert. Because one of my visions, Don's visions, are that we see God doing and 2022 is that we're going to begin working toward Divine Health University. And this is going to be an online and a conference course in which medical doctors, nurse practitioners, um, chiropractors, DOs, naturopaths, they will be able to enroll and come to Don's University so that they can learn what he has learned. Because what Don has done over the years, folks, and people don't realize this, but he has spent millions of dollars of his own money traveling and going to seminars all over the world in order to obtain secrets of health and healing that God has placed in the earth. And he has not shown any respect to these venues Because we believe God uses multiple venues for healing. And so what he has done is gone into these different venues that have been just, some of them have just scared me to death. I just thought I have to pray for him. Uh, (laughs) But God has used it to bring about the way he has been able to be gifted in putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. And that's why he's written so many different books on different things, because he God is doing this. And so just pray for us, Divine Health University. We're going to be working on this, and we appreciate when you partner with Divine Health by buying any of our products, and you're on a monthly order of our products, whether it's uh, the fiber, the collagen, or beyond biotics, could be the thyroid zone, it could be the hormone zone, we've got multiple products. When you're a monthly partner with us, I just want you to know where it's going. It is going to go to Divine Health University. We're going to put these funds toward developing this so that we can begin to duplicate Don in doctors all over the world. We get calls from physicians and people and patients. Where is there a doctor in my area who knows what Dr. Colbert does? And we hope to be able to duplicate that. So just continue to pray for us. And you can make an appointment to see Dr. Colbert by going to drcolbert.com. We have two offices and we'd be happy to see you and work you in. We've got nurse practitioners working for us. And help us get this message out. Well, hold on, Mary. Listen, let me give them some tips. I, we've left them hanging. You've got people with reflux out there that are hanging. Say, what I do? What I do? All right. Okay, go. so here's what you do. Right, Number one, we have found so many people with reflux do really good with drinking alkaline water. It's amazing how drinking alkaline water, you can either get an alkaline water machine or get you an alkaline water from the grocery store, a health food store like Evermore Essentia, just small amounts, four to six ounces, maybe eight ounces, many times turns that acid off. Also, lay off the peppermints, the caffeine, the chocolate, and alcohol, especially at night. Eat smaller meals, especially at dinner. 
take smaller bites and chew every bite 20 times, just simple stuff. Chew gum, like we, I chew the Spry S-P-R-Y, it, it's got xylitol. Now again, if you chew too much, you'll get, uh, you'll get gas from xylitol, but just a little, and that increases saliva. It doesn't have the artificial sweeteners that'll kill the good bacteria. And also, some people do really well with a special form of licorice called DGL, and you can literally chew that if you get reflux, and there's a type with mastic gum that you can get online or at the health food store, and it helps a lot of people with reflux. One of the easiest things you can do is lose weight, especially belly fat. When that belly fat goes down, usually reflux goes. I'm not, I cannot tell you how many people, thousands, that once they followed the keto zone diet and lost their belly fat, their reflux went away. Another thing is get rid of the girdles, get rid of the spanks. And even men are wearing spanks now to hold their bellies in, and that ca- because they cause reflux. Another thing, take one or two digestive enzymes at the beginning of the meal, and that helps a lot of people. But probably the best thing, apple cider vinegar. You can take one wow. teaspoon to one tablespoon in like four to six ounces of water, either before your meal or after a meal, and it helps reflux. Even some patients, they say, I hate apple cider vinegar. They get these little apple cider vinegar chews at Walmart, take one or two of them. And gummies. Yeah, the little, little gummies. gummies. goes right away for many of them. Wow. It's simple. It's cheap. Wow. It's, and that's exactly. natural. That's not drugs. So there's, there's oh, simple things cool. that I've outlined in the gut zone that are just so simple, so cheap, and they don't mess you up. Because let me tell you, when you're on that proton pump inhibitor, let me tell you what disease is you're unknowingly signing up for. You're signing up for bacterial overgrowth in your small intestines with a lot of bloating and gas. You're signing up for accelerated aging. You're signing up for muscle loss or sarcopenia because you need the uh, hydrochloric acid to absorb the uh, amino acids to build muscle. You're signing up for uh, as well as poor digestion of the proteins. You're signing up for decreased absorption of vitamins, minerals, and amino acids. You're signing up for potentially stomach cancer, for autoimmune disease. So that's why it's so important to try and avoid these meds and let's take a natural route in order to uh, reverse this issue. We reverse it all the time. Literally every day in my practice, I see people usually improve by it. Now, the second most common gut disease I see is irritable bowel. We've got to talk about this because I had irritable bowel years ago and overcame it. I talk about it in detail in my book. Just a real uh, short summary. I years ago in the mid '90s, I was having. Uh, I had a boat, and I was wanting to learn how to wakeboard. My son, who was a teenager, was a wakeboarder. He'd do flips and he'd do three sixties, all these little tricks. And I, I wanted to get up, but my boat. I was weighing two twenty at that time. My boat wasn't strong enough to pull me out of the water. So I tried and tried for like an hour and a half, two hours. Ended up drinking a lot of lake water. Well, about a week or two later, I not, intentionally, not intentionally, right? <laughs> about a week or two later, I developed this rumbling in my gut. I developed uh, gut cramps and diarrhea. And to make a long story short, I developed Giardia. Giardia is in all the lakes here in Florida. And sure enough, I drank so much lake water, I'd gotten a great dose of Giardia. Well, no problem. I had antibiotics to clear it. I had Flagyl, which is metronidazole. Little did I know that the treatment is many times worse than the disease because the metronidazole or flagell literally worsened the irritable bowel, and I had years of irritable bowel. 
uh, problems with bloating, gas, diarrhea, rumbling, having to run to the bathroom. And this is before you <clears throat> learn correct. about all this. And other, so I yeah. had, in order to overcome it, I had to follow this program. I had to get rid of the foods that aggravated. The biggest thing I had to do is repopulate the gut with the good bacteria. I had to give my gut small amounts of fiber. Fiber realized that with irritable bowel syndrome, the, there's foods that literally make it worse. One of the worst foods for IBS is fiber, especially wheat bran fiber. That's horrible for your gut. But I couldn't use fiber at first. I just had to use lots of probiotics. And then later I started little teeny amounts of psyllium husk fiber in order to feed the good bacteria. And then eventually, you know, with the diet changes and with the, with the real strong probiotics that we have now, I was able to totally clear it. And I have to put in a little commercial here. We have the best biotics you can get anywhere in the world. Nobody's probiotics, biotics yeah, probiotics. ours. The probiotics. Now, most people the with irritable bowel. And what's irritable bowel? Well, irritable bowel is simply when you have that bloating and gas after eating with constipation or diarrhea, as well as a feeling of not completely emptying your bowel after having a bowel movement, having lower abdominal pain that's usually relieved with a bowel movement, and you pass mucus usually with the stool. Those are symptoms of irritable bowel. Now, when you have irritable bowel, there's five key foods that can make it worse. They, they may or may not. One of the main ones is lactose. So many people with IBS are lactose intolerant. When they have milk, they get worse. If they have a lot of cheese, they get worse. The softer the cheese, the more lactose, the worse diarrhea or irritable bowel syndrome. The next is fructose. When an IBS patient has orange juice, grape juice, apple juice, cranberry juice, it makes their symptoms much worse. Uh, fructose does it. And so those are the, the fructose, the lactose intolerance, the gluten sensitivity. Just like me, I had tremendous gluten sensitivity. When I would eat wheat, pasta, crackers, bagels, pretzels, made it worse. And so many IBS sufferers are the same. As well as fiber sensitivity. So many can't have fiber. It makes them worse. And vegetables high in fiber, it makes them worse. Especially beans, peas, and lentils. You can't tolerate them. And so, again, later, once we heal the gut, you can have pressure-cooked beans, peas, and lentils, or Beano that has the enzyme alpha-galactosidase, uh, two or three Beano before eating the beans, peas, and lentils, and you'll be fine. And the last is sorbitol sensitivity. Sorbitol is a uh, sugar alcohol that's in a lot of our sugar-free gum and sugar-free candy. So those are the main keys. Irritable bowel is so easy to clear. It's so easy, but it starts, again, with avoiding the foods that we talk about in the gut zone. And then the probiotics. The probiotics are the key. As Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm so excited. Our third podcast, the next one we're coming up with, that's going to be next week. We're continuing. It's the last the one. We got the answers. Because it's our last one we're going to go through. We're going to go through more answers to help you because this is a major major issue in America. You can go to drcolbert.com and look at our different products, get a hold of the Gut Zone package. It's the Gut Zone kit. We have a good starter kit, which is the fiber beyond biotics and our collagen. It's a must, it's a must in order to begin to heal the gut. So people with these problems, I'm just telling you, we know what we're talking about and you're going to love it. Your family's going to love it. And then you will walk and this podcast, which is titled The Divine Health Podcast, that's our message, that's our hope, that's our prayer, 
is that we bring health and healing to the body of Christ. We will see you next week. Until then, God bless you. God bless you. you. God bless